2: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
3: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group on Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the Ouachita Citizen, Jake Martin. Good morning, Mr. Martin
4: good morning how we doing
3: good almost uh, did not make it to the show today you know I've only been late one time today we got very close to being being late again alarm clock phone went uh, dead so my body just woke me up and said hey get up <laughs> hey at least it, at least your uh, voice wasn't in my head get up Aaron
4: yeah like the other day what uh w- what happened the first time you were late? Did you,
3: like, miss the show? or? No, uh, Nick called. It looked like at 6.50,
4: 6.55. He waited longer than I would have. Yeah. I text you at 6.30. I was like, hey, <laughs> you working out or something?
3: But it wouldn't matter if you would have called because the phone was dead. Yeah. So I, I guess that morning I just forgot to set the alarm. So, <sighs> I think that's a pretty good track record. though.
4: It's not bad. Yeah.
3: So, but I'm here. 888-993-7762. I feel your pain. <laughs> You know that uh, old commercial, Table wouldn't remember this, but uh, not a, the young whippersnapper over here, Jake. Time to make the donuts, you know the guy? Time to make the donuts. Man, that donuts.
5: may be before my
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, like, I'm like right smack halfway between the two of you. I know. <laughs> Showing your age there. I know. Well, it's just a guy, he's a donut shop guy. So every morning, time to make the donuts and just shows him getting out of bed. Time to make the donuts this morning on the morning drive.
4: I've heard that phrase before, if that makes you feel better.
3: <laughs> but. I'm sure there's a listener, hopefully, out there that remembers that commercial. 888 993 It's the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline slash text line. Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance by stopping by and visiting with Darren on 18th Street in Monroe. As we typically do, we start with some headlines on this Wednesday morning.
4: Hey, by the way, Cookie remembers it, so that should make Thank you feel better.
3: Thank you, Cookie. Better.
4: Appreciate it. All right. Uh... Let's. I think we need to start with LSU. All right. More good news
3: for this LSU football. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like
4: we've had something to talk about with LSU, and it hasn't been good.
3: I was wondering why would Coach Orgeron suspend uh, Ingram from this team? There must have been a pretty valid reason, correct?
4: Okay, honestly, I'll give you my thoughts on it. I I was thinking that it was an academic issue, so I didn't think it was this major. And then, of course, he later suspension came
3: down on uh, August third. He called it a violation of team policy
4: and then he later said it was a legal mat, uh, legal issue. Now we've got more clarification. The school confirmed Tuesday that Ed Orgeron suspended Ingram after learning the player had been arrested on two counts of aggravated sexual assault in Dallas County, Texas. So what happened was, a little bit more information on this, uh, according to the advocate, um, Ingram, uh, who, who lives in DeSoto, Uh, A warrant was made by the DeSoto Police Department um, saying that it had received a report from Child Protective Services. Uh, The victim was a minor. Uh, It would not disclose the age. Uh, According to documents, Ingram was released on a total bail of $40,000 on August 4th. Um, The conditions prohibited Ingram from communication with the victim and contact with any minor child. That sounds horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, this is like the wor- one of the worst things uh, that you could get, one of the worst reports. So, Ingram's not playing this year. <laughs> the whole time I was thinking, ah, maybe it's academics. They get it straight. He gets back, you know, maybe after Miami. No, you got to move on without him. He's not playing this year. He's If, if this, you know, turns out to be true, He's, he'll probably no longer play football, mm-hmm. and, and rightfully so. So, anyway, more bad news.
3: Started uh, 12 games last year for the Tigers at right tackle.
4: Yes. Um, and he, Well, he was, he was fighting for a uh, guard position. He's a, a versatile lineman. I mean, he played so much as a, as a freshman last year. He and Sadiq Charles, uh, they were forced to play, and I thought they both performed really well. And I thought Ingram was – one of the best offensive linemen they had returning. So, huge blow. Um, Obviously, I think the bigger story here is what happened uh, in DeSoto. Um, And obviously, I mean, if if these allegations are true, no more football for Mr. Ingram.
3: I think we all agree being a college coach is not easy, but then having uh, 100 guys that you're basically responsible for.
4: Well, I wanted to ask you this. A lot of times – people grade coaches on some of these off-season activities, and I just don't see – I never understood that they can't control what these guys do, especially when the guy goes home to Mm -hmm. DeSoto, Texas. How does Ed Orgeron know what he's doing? Well, critics will
3: come back and say, well, you've done all this research and you've vetted the situation. You know the background on a lot of these – all of your players. Uh, You're recruiting some of that into your program. do
4: you know – Do you have as much information as the NFL has when it comes to scouting these players? And plus, they got to watch these guys on TV. They've gotten to hear, you know, they have all these connections with college coaches. And they have at
3: least two, three, sometimes four years more of information to engage a
4: guy on. And they have more resources. You know, more money, more resources. So it's it's one of those Alabama's things. Alabama's got a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things where, yeah, you hope hope they do their due diligence as far as character concerns and everything, but you, but you never know, man. You never know. So I don't think you can fault Ed Orgeron for this. That said, uh, I, I believe people are, are, are angry right now. I think a lot of LSU fans are angry with what's going on in the program. They're going to find a way to take this out on Ed Orgeron.
3: I knew Mark Kramer would know about the uh, time to make donuts, Dunkin' Donuts. And then, of course, Chastity also weighs in with the commercial, a little clip there.
4: Yeah, yeah, very nice. That Chastity. doesn't
3: look familiar to you, Jake.
4: Not really,
3: no. <laughs> Does that look like me sometimes in the morning?
4: Every morning. <laughs> this guy looks drunk walking in.
3: Well. <laughs> <laughs> You're
4: hungover half the time, it's fine.
3: Uh, staying with LSU, for crying out loud, why haven't they released Justin McMillan? This poor kid, man. Ooh. He, uh, of course, is transferring out of LSU. He did his uh, time. Pardon the pun there. Uh, he did his time there at LSU. He graduated, did, did his business in the classroom. But now LSU is saying that uh, he cannot transfer to an SEC school or a school that they compete against over the next two years. So and we thought this this rule was.
4: People are, are confused by this. The rule takes goes into effect in October. So it's only, you know, really one more month now. But uh, well, he's not—he's go not, he's not good enough him. to
3: play for us. So, but we're gonna block him from going to play for well, somebody that's else because you think he's gonna come back and bite us in the butt.
4: We well, think he's gonna tell them what you're running, yada yada yada. Um, it, come on, man, the
3: guy paid his dues. Just let him go.
4: I think because of that, and I also think because October is when the rule—the new rule—takes place anyway. Should go ahead and release. Him. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. A lot of people were wondering about Tech. I, I saw nine like, conference
3: opponents on L S U schedule the next two seasons: Miami, Southeastern, uh, Louisiana Tech, Rice this year, then Georgia Southern, Texas, Northwestern State, and Utah State in two thousand nineteen.
4: Yeah, so those questions immediately go away if this holds up because they're, they're playing Louisiana Tech and LSU's prohibiting that from happening. So I don't know. We'll wait and see. I think LSU will end up caving on this because there is going to be a lot of. Uh, backlash and it just doesn't make sense because if, if he can do it in a month's time you know get out ahead of it it, it, lo- it makes you look good you need some you need some good pr right now you need some uh some good news uh in that department so yeah go ahead and get a get out ahead of this and LSU
3: spokesman says uh mcmillan could request a hearing with the school to gain permission for certain sec schools sec sec schools not on lsu schedule over the next two seasons are tennessee south carolina kentucky and missouri just limiting the options for Justin McMillan.
4: Well, let's stay on that topic of, of transfer because there was a huge story that dropped yesterday involving uh, Arizona linebacker uh, Santino Marchial. I'm probably mispronouncing his last name. Well done. <laughs> um, he had some pretty serious allegations uh, about Texas A&M breaking some rules. He comes out. He's trying to get cleared. He's trying to uh, be able. Well, he's trying to be able to play this year for Arizona, and uh, in order to do that, um, he's having to kind of uh, prove that uh, there's documented. There's documents um, suggesting that it's outside of the student athlete's control, and it directly impacts his health, safety, and well-being. Uh, meaning that because of these situations. He can now play this year. That's why he's going to the NCAA with all this. But these are his allegations. He states that uh, Bradley Del Pavito, on two occasions, gave him hundreds of dollars in cash to entertain recruits. Mm-hmm. He said that uh, he told USA Today that uh, Pavito pulled him into a bathroom following one of the Aggie spring game, and. Gave him three hundred dollars. He also said that he gave him four hundred dollars on a separate occasion. Um, and then he, and it
3: doesn't move the dial for me. And then he well, but I it's, know it's breaking the rules. It's but
4: still, yeah, and I understand it's it's everywhere. Yeah. But this is a case where somebody's taking it to the NCAA and trying to provide proof of it. There has to be ramifications if he does provide that proof. Yeah. Um. He also said that they they practice early, which. Uh, again, that's not uh, a new sin either.
3: Text here certainly seems like Ed O. has the Tigers on track for a national championship this season. <laughs> the negative headlines continue for LSU.
4: Yeah, can't wait for Miami. Uh, you can make this all go away with a win against Miami. Uh,
3: the Urban Meyer situation, it seems like we're coming closer or inching closer to uh, a conclusion to it, Correct.
4: Well, today uh, the Board of Trustees is supposed to be meeting with the people who had the investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing here is is we're go- at, at some point, I don't know if that's going to come later today or later this week, but we should get a document detailing all the findings of this investigation, which I can't wait to, to, to actually see that. I'm glad Ohio State's going to make that public. Mm. But yeah, we, we're still kind of waiting to, uh, on news of it.
3: Couple other headlines on this Wednesday morning it's from the NFL ranks. How about the fact that the Saints have cut Terrence West? Of course, they brought in the veteran running back, thought he'd be a nice complement to uh, the stable that they already had. This probably uh, bodes well for former Louisiana Tech star Boston Scott. The fact that Terrence West has now been cut, one less guy to compete against on that roster.
4: Absolutely, yeah, and, and I'm not surprised because Jonathan Williams has looked so so good. Boston Scott. Uh, offers uh, more versatility. Uh, he's a younger guy. You drafted him. Uh, you want to you know, s- see how he can progress. This isn't surprising at all.
3: More NFL news and notes coming up later in the show, but I know you're all in with hard knocks. What did I miss last night?
4: I would say it was probably the weakest of the three episodes, but it was still really good. It had the Jarvis Landry fight. It, it gave you more context as to why that fight went off.
3: Was Des Bryant a character in this one?
4: Yeah. Uh, he was on there. Oh, was he a character? He, well,
3: was he a part of the show? He was a
4: part of the show, yeah. He he, actually, this was the best side of him that we've seen. He was going around. He well, looked, he's in
3: a job interview. It should be.
4: I get it, but I'm saying like he went around and was talking to everybody, it was in, introducing himself to everybody, including like trainers and people like that. I thought uh, that was a good look for him. He's but a of team course, player. That, that but of course, this. of course, it's in front of the cameras. Yeah. on HBO. I get it.
3: But they couldn't get him signed, sealed, and delivered. They couldn't come to an understanding.
4: They, did, they don't want him yet. I was listening to Cowherd talk about it, and it made sense. He was saying, when you have a player like Dez, you want leverage, and so they'll probably sign him once the season begins. Mm-hmm. But I thought the ending of the episode was really cool because it showed Josh Gordon coming back. You know, I felt like the whole show has been building towards that, and at the very end, you see him working out. It's like, oh, okay, here we go.
3: Do you appreciate Jarvis Landry a little bit more after watching this show?
4: I've always appreciated it. I got to cover him, so I, I, I got to watch him work his tail off. He and Odell Beckham, you can say what you want about them being divas or whatever, but they put in the work. Like, I saw that. Um, that said, you know, I, I'm glad the whole show showed you about Jarvis and that fight because it looked like it was uncalled for because he got tripped on the play. We saw it on Instagram, like, last week. But then you see that this guy was egging him on the whole time. He kept holding him. I'd be upset, too, if the guy's constantly holding me. And then once he went to the ground, it was, it was on, and uh, the fight broke out. But, it, you know, there's if it's controlled like that, if it's quickly broken up, I don't see any issue with that. I like the competitive nature uh, of camp. When you got two guys kind of going at it.
3: By the way, I watched a uh, documentary on uh, Driver's Landry called Juice. Extremely well done. Just on his upbringing, his, making his way through the ranks at LSU High School, and then, of course, uh, being a huge star in the NFL. If you get a chance, check it out on YouTube. Juice, the Driver's Landry story.
4: Really? It had stuff? From Lutcher, Yes. Wow. Very well
3: done. Uh, 888-993-7762. It's all part of the starting lineup. Brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you
1: crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Are, you crying? Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's not crying. Let's get
6: to the starting lineup.
3: We always love our doctor segment. That's coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour. Dr. Saul Graves will join us at 745. Continue our high school football previews. Jonesboro Hodge, don't sleep on them this year. The Tigers are loaded.
4: I think we were guilty of doing that a little bit last year. We kept having people saying, hey, Jonesboro Hodge, talk about them, talk about them. And then we looked up one day and it was like, oh, eight-game win streak. Jonesboro Hodge got it, got itself
0: together.
3: Their head coach, Terrence Blankenship, will join us at 745. They are participating in the Bayou Jam this weekend. Also, a huge jamboree taking place out at Grambling, the Eddie Robinson Classic from Evangel byron dawson will join us at eight thirty. The eagles are once again stacked just ask the neville type
4: yeah um so you said you mentioned the bayou jam we had the bayou jam press conference yesterday we can go through that as well this morning plus we can look at the teams participating and go through what are the biggest storylines surrounding each team can you try to hype up uh the jamborees this weekend Plus, I found something on Twitter. College Football News released their their five year analysis uh, for this upcoming season, and all of our local schools uh, made it. And there are some interesting findings.
3: Well, they're going to make it. There's 130. They're ranking them. <laughs> if they didn't make the list, we'd be would be in trouble. That would be worrisome. I want to um, know. We'll find out. Is LSU a top ten program?
4: That was one of those cases where you start a sentence and you don't know how you're going to end it. So I had to just never go with it. it never, never happens, happens to me. You. You're, you're the professional here. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go through that as well. So we got a lot to get, get to.
3: Maybe the best hires in college football and the coaches that are on the hot seat. Hot Chad coach. Morris.
4: Chad Morris, number one. We know where you're going.
3: How, how do I say it?
4: Chad Morris, number one. He's the best. He's got that Texas connection. <laughs>
3: 888 <laughs> It's the Darren Moody State from Hotline slash Text We're back after this on The Morning Drive.
0: Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston is a proud game day sponsor. We know the effort it took to get here. We know what it takes to make a champion. It starts with Desire. A lot of determination because you have the will to win. As a team, you make it happen. As a team, we make it happen. Play your best. Be your best. Yeah! Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.com.
1: Attention everyone, it's time to say big on 2018 Polaris ATVs, Rangers and Razors during the factory authorized clearance event at Polaris of Ruston. Louisiana residents ask us about no local sales tax on Polaris off-road vehicles. Come in for the details while selections are good. Polaris of Ruston, 1716 Celebrity Drive, North Louisiana's premier Polaris dealer. On Facebook and check them out on the web at polarisofruston.com. Off-road vehicles can be hazardous to operate and are not intended for on-road boots. Polaris adult models for riders 16 and older. Always wear a helmet, be sure to take a safety training course
6: once again it's on team up sports consulting is bringing you the eddie g robinson Robinson high High school football Football classic Classic jamboree four presented by creed and creed serious attorneys for serious injury the eddie g robinson high school football classic jamboree saturday august 25th in the robinson memorial stadium on the campus of grambling state university in its fourth year team up Sports Consulting is bringing another exciting day of hard-hitting football action. Guess who's back from South Louisiana? The Northwest High Raiders are coming to put a beatdown on the Faraday Trojans for Game 3. Not up in here. And the rematch everybody's been waiting for from 2015. The High Flying Eagles of Evangel Christian Academy are back to put it down on the Rough and Rugged Union Parish Farmers of Farmerville. It's going to be on at the Jamboree this year. You can get your Jamboree tickets at each of the participating schools now. Check out more details at egrobinsonclassic.com, our Facebook page at egrobinsonclassic.
2: Classic. Hi, Kevin from Hightech. The latest cyber attack has already infected hundreds of thousands of computers in over 150 countries, brought down hospitals, railroads, banks, and even Federal Express right here in the U.S. Are you concerned that you may be vulnerable to the latest cyber attack? Then don't wait. Give us a call at 255-1110 and we'll provide guidance on how you can verify that you're secure. We also have checklists on our website at solutionsbyhightech.com or find us on Facebook.
1: Let's get back to the sports on the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.
3: Welcome back to the show. A couple more uh, headlines on this Wednesday morning that we failed to mention in the first segment. Where do you want to start in the NFL, Jake?
4: Got to start with our guy, Richie Incognito.
3: Is he still in the league? No. Is he still causing trouble?
4: Yes. <laughs> Man, the downward spiral continues for uh, Richie Incognito. And it's past the point. In fact, it's been past the point of being funny. It's, it's really serious. It's really scary stuff. But... Uh, According to a police report released yesterday, uh, he entered a a uh, funeral home where his father's body was being held. Mm. And he was kind of harassing employees. um, And he said that he he made uh, the shape of a gun with his hands and said told employees that he had a truck full of guns in the parking lot, which, of course, you cannot say that. Uh, but he wasn't joking. The yeah. police police later found that he had two Glock pistols, a handgun silencer, and three rifles. Yeah. So that's really scary stuff. When you got a guy who um, was was reportedly appeared to lack concentration, was able unable to maintain a coherent thought. When a guy is carrying guns around, man, that's scary stuff. When when a guy this out of it is uh, is, is carrying guns around. So this is a very serious. The former matter. NFL
3: offensive lineman grieving is very scary. Yes. An unstable former NFL offensive lineman.
4: Very unstable. Yeah. And this isn't new. He's been unstable. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully he gets the help he needs, man, because this is I'm, – I'm tired of reading these stories about him because I just feel like it's going to end very tragically.
3: Uh, you remember Victor Cruz, how dominant he was there for a stretch in the NFL? Yeah, the salsa. Yeah, Victor Cruz has uh, finally uh, hung up the cleats. But there was a stretch there from 11 to 2013 – he was pretty darn impressive. I think just during that stretch, uh, 241 receptions, 23 touchdowns, but he is hanging it up.
4: It j- that's that's like the perfect summarization of an NFL career, like just a flash in the pan and then boom, gone. Right. It doesn't last long.
3: He had a nice run.
4: He did. Uh, I remember when they got Odell, that was what we were all thinking. It was, man, Cruz and Odell Beckham, that's going to be tough. I think Cruz you know, couldn't stay healthy and just wasn't the same player.
3: Uh, The headline we expected to see today as Adrian Peterson made his way to Redskins camp was, of course, he looked freakish. He looked physical. He looked in shape. That's kind of what you anticipated. If he did not, then that would be the surprise of this story. Yeah. Washington Redskins all saying, wow, he looks good. And, of course, uh, Peterson saying he's going to do whatever it takes to be a part of this Washington squad.
4: Will he rush for more than 200 yards this year?
3: Peterson did not like uh, some of the questioning, the line of questions. You
4: straight up dodged my question Uh, I don't think you will. Okay, thank you. You could at least give me an answer. Jay
3: Grun says he's a physical freak. He's in great shape, explosive. That's what uh, sold us. Some of the backs we had here were huffing and puffing, kneeling over. He was standing straight up. He could have gone on for another two hours. Rewind one year ago, we were hearing the same thing.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and I said this yesterday. I'll repeat it. If Herschel Walker went out to a training camp right now, they would all be marveling over him. You know, he'd probably be the same way. He probably wouldn't be huffing and puffing either.
3: I want to read this quote from Peterson. Uh, They questioned him about what does he have left in the gas tank, the fact that he averaged uh, 3.1 yards per carry, the third lowest among backs of at least 150 rushes over the course of the last two years. Peterson's response, it shows me people don't know football. People that know the game of football know different situations a player might be in. So people go back and say, oh, 2.4 yards per carry, there's a lot of things that contribute to that as well. I just brush it off. And then Peterson also went into the fact over the summer he works out with a lot of young guys, and he basically takes it to them.
4: Yeah, so I, I was critical of those comments just because, of course, he's going to look good. Of course, he's a freak. That said, I still like the move for the Redskins. I think it's a good move. After Darius Guys got injured, he was going to be your featured back. Now you've got a handful of unknowns for the most part. Bring in a veteran guy. See what he can do. See if he can at least push those younger guys.
3: Doug Williams says, one of our favorites, of course, what I saw yesterday was a lot of fuel in the tank. One practice well, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> The one thing that is for sure he will not be uh, wearing number 28. 28 with the Washington Redskins, of course, belongs to Daryl Green. Other headlines on this Wednesday.
4: Uh, I think I just got one more. Uh, Jimmy Smith of the Ravens sidelined for the first four games for violating the NFL uh, policy. The NFL found evidence of threatening and emotional, emotionally abusive behavior. This, of course, was... Dude, how deep. many
3: negative headlines can you dig up this morning?
4: Well, I mean, there's a lot of domestic violence uh, going <laughs> on in this world. So, um, yeah, honestly, now that you say that... <laughs> I didn't have one positive headline exactly. this morning. Debbie Downer over here. Well, that's, that's what's in the news right now. <laughs> it, 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 good news, uh, Adrian Peterson's with the Redskins. You want to talk about that again?
3: <laughs> uh, we are your headquarters for the Houston Astros. Here's a headline. Uh, they won 3-2 to two yesterday. They'll take on Seattle again. They, I believe, are 76-50 and 50 maybe for the year. They are in a tie now with the A's for the Divisional League. Very nice. Yeah. We are your home for the Houston right. Astros. You can't get that anywhere else. Oh, by the way, I reached out to the teller yesterday. Oh, good. Uh, we may have some uh, complications this year. Oh, what? He's not happy with the arrangements that we have worked out. What uh, arrangements? Well, he, he doesn't think he's getting enough out of this show.
4: Time out. Is he getting paid at all? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't think
3: he should. But uh, He doesn't think he's getting the respect that he deserves on this show.
4: From from the listeners? Or from the host? From you? Or my co-host. Well, I've been praising him. He's my number one guy. Have you, did you not tell him I've been trying to get him on earlier?
3: Uh, so he will not be on the show this week, but we f- believe he will be on next week to get ready for the college football season. What a season. Tease. Yes. And he, he wants to sleep in a little bit more, even though he's on East Coast time. So we may have to bump him back to <laughs> 830 in the fall. These are all kind of the things that we were working out with his people.
4: Uh, what a diva. You know, why not? So, so he doesn't want to come on and give his conference predictions, playoff predictions, and national champion.
3: I didn't go there. I just Why
4: said, not? I think he would have liked you know, that. He
3: wanted to wait till the season got started.
4: You know, if you would have mentioned that, he might have made the exception. You don't know how to negotiate. That's the problem.
3: He says he's not getting enough respect around the station. I said Jake knows how that feels.
4: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Quint says, what does the teller do wor- that's worthy of respect? Uh, good point. So,
3: Who won last year anyway?
4: I did. Okay. Trust me on that. Okay,
3: <laughs> It's going to be a banner year with our uh, college football picks this year. I can just feel it.
4: Yeah, plus we've got the, the whole gambling situation. Right. It'll be legal.
3: In Mississippi.
4: Yeah, well, I go uh, to Mississippi a lot.
3: Jake is going to be making runs for us. That's so. right. <laughs> it's the Darren Moody State from Hotline slash text line coming up next we always love catching up with Dr. Saul Graves he joins us if you got a question or a comment hit us up
1: we're back after this Hooks Marina presents the Caney Lake High School Fishing Tournament Saturday, September 15th. The entry fee is $80 per two-person team of high school students. Get a sign-up form at Toledo Tackle or Hooks Marina. The first 50 teams to sign up qualify for a $200 gift card. There'll be door prizes given away, too. The National Guard will be at the marina all day on Saturday with activities and toys for the kids. Hooks Marina, the Louisiana National Guard, and Hooters want to invite everyone to attend. That's the Caney Lake High School Fishing Tournament Saturday, September 15th. Check them out on Facebook at Hooks Marina on Caney Lake.
0: Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston is a proud game day sponsor. We know the effort it took to get here. We know what it takes to make a champion. It starts with desire. A lot of determination because you have the will to win. As a team, you make it happen. As a team, we make it happen. Play your best. Be your best. Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com.
2: The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self Maybe even better, whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville
6: Avenue in Monroe.
2: If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001
1: today. it's time for the morning drives weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana orthopedic and sports medicine clinic.
3: Welcome back to the morning drive. We always love catching up with Dr. Saul Graves. He joins us in the Darren Moody state from hotline Doc, How you doing this morning, bud? Hey, Aaron and Jake, I'm doing great. We missed you uh, yesterday at the Bayou jam presser. Typically every year we can count on Dr. Saul Graves for being there.
7: Yeah. And I hated that. I couldn't be there. I, it's uh Unfortunately, our, our I had to do uh, I had to do some surgery yesterday morning, kind of unexpected. Uh, some some uh, players that that got hurt and need to get back uh, quickly, so I didn't have any time to put them on. But but yesterday morning, so I hated, hated that I missed it.
3: Just because it's an easy segue, do you guys see a, a major uptick in, in business with the football season kicking off?
7: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's um, and it's, it's 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 a little weird. I think we've talked about it before, but it seems that that. The earlier in the year, the more injuries there 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 are. As the year seems to progress, the injuries injuries um, also decrease a little bit. So always around this time, scrimmages, jamborees, first and second games of the year, it seems like there's a lot more injuries that that um, need to be addressed. And and the good thing too, sometimes with with the injuries, is that um, when they occur this early, there's a chance to 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 operate and and, and get them back with with a chance to play. Uh, the, a substantial part of their season, which is, was the case yesterday, trying to get a couple of kids back to playing uh, as quick as possible.
3: Generally speaking, is it a wide assortment injuries? I mean, we're talking all the way from collarbones to uh, ACLs?
7: That's exactly right. In fact, um, I've already had a few ACLs this year um, uh, in, in the early season, and a broken collarbone was one, and then also meniscus tears. In some cases, meniscus tears, uh, if, if they're not repairable, allow kid to, to get back very quickly when you're going into a scope. And uh, in some cases, they can be back in a couple of weeks to play.
3: We'll get to some more medical questions here in a second, but I certainly want to get your take now that uh, you've been a former LSU quarterback and uh, LSU is now down to two scholarship QBs on the roster. What do you make of the departure, of course, of McMillan and Narcisse?
7: Yeah, you know, it's it's. I guess I wouldn't say it was unexpected. Is a little the timing of it all? I think was was a little bit weird, in, in, in my in, in my impression, just because you know those two guys stuck around. I mean, they could have they could have transferred. I guess in McMillan's case, I think he graduated at the at the, at the end of summer school, which was before camp even started. You know, he could have transferred then, and, and McMillan could have. I'm assuming, I mean, Narcisse could have transferred earlier as well, but but they transferred kind of mid mid camp and mid competition, which. Maybe the writing was on the wall, maybe they, I'm sure that's what it was. They realized they weren't going to have a chance to start. In um, McMillan's case, I, I, um, I totally understand you know, his, his decision to leave uh, Narcissus is a little bit confusing to me that, that he decided to transfer so early and, and, and the fact that he's got to go to a junior college now to play. Um, you know he was, he was going to get a chance to play, it sounded like, but I guess not play as much or in, in the role that he wanted to, to, to play.
3: So it really appears like it's every other day where we see a college quarterback transferring out, you being a former college quarterback. Do you think the mentality of a quarterback in college has changed in terms of them not willing to sit out two or three years or pay their dues to be a starter? Or do you think it's always been there, it's just more prevalent now that kids have an opportunity to get out or more people may be in their ears saying, hey, you need to leave, you need to, to be playing there. If not, you need to go find another school.
7: Yeah, I, I think it's definitely different now than it, than it used to be. I mean, there were, there were obviously transfers uh, when I was playing, and a lot of those transfers seemed to be more guys going from a um, – a, a which would be an FBS school um, now to an FCS school where they could play right away. And You know, with the addition of the, the graduate transfer and the ability now for schools to bring kids in for summer school – uh, that's that's kind of what has changed everything is that you know when, when I signed and, and for many years, w- when you signed a scholarship, you didn't you didn't come in until um, fall camp started and you started school in the fall. Well, now kids are are coming in uh, you know in the spring semester or' they're, they're all starting summer school um, in June. and so they're they're getting all these credits and they're able to graduate early. And then now, with the addition of the graduate transfer rule, it gives a guy an opportunity to go anywhere he wants to um and and play immediately at another uh, FBS school so that that's obviously made a big uh difference on it you know in, in my case you know I wanted to be at LSU that that's where I wanted to play um uh you know my my number one number one goal was not to play in the NFL and so um I was willing to to, to sit and 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 not play uh for 4 years you know, I redshirted I sat th- 3 years as a 2 years as a third string quarterback and and uh, one year as a backup quarterback and then finally got a chance to start my senior year. So, um, and, and I'm not going to say it wasn't tough I and mean, that I didn't think about transferring, but, um, you know, I, I, and in fact, I went in every camp competing and, and trying to win the job. I just I just never was able to do it. And so, you know, some of that mentality, it, it, it uh, bothers me a little bit that, that people are so quick to want to, to wanna transfer and not stay and compete. And, uh, and shoot, you, you never know what's going to happen. You know, Narcisse could have been playing a, uh, a role as a as a wildcat quarterback and 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 impressed and, and you know an injury happens and 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 he gets a chance to play so um, you know you never know it's hard to criticize somebody for a decision they're trying to do to to help themselves but I definitely think the culture is very very different uh, as far as the quarterback position is concerned and, and transfers.
3: And so, and especially back in the day, the number of quarterbacks that had, had been arriving at ULM from other places, whether it's Bob Lane, Bobby Lane, uh, Bubby Brister, there were certainly other players that had decided to come back and were highly successful at ULM. So I'm sure there were a couple of people in your years saying, "Hey, you could do the same thing."
7: Yeah, that's right. And, and, and uh, yeah, I guess you know after my my first year there, where I'd redshirted, and um, you know I. I I'm not allowed, I didn't give it some thought to 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 do that. But um, you know, in the end, again, LSU is where I wanted to be, and 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 you know, I, I always felt in my mind that you know I, I was just a, a play away from getting the chance, and, and that I always worked with, with with a chance going into camp or spring that hey, I can beat this, you know, I can beat Tommy Hudson out or or, or Mickey Gidry or whoever it was that was in front of me. And uh, of course, those two guys were very good, and and, and that didn't happen, but. I never went in with the mentality that hey, I'm just going to be a backup and 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 that's good enough for me. I mean, I was always trying to to uh, to get better. And 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 then you know, even my my senior year when I did get a chance to start, I mean, they you know we had three or four fresh three freshmen and 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 one guy that was right behind me that they brought in that were good quarterbacks. And and you know, it wasn't like that it was that you know I could just assume that because I was. I paid my time that I was going to get a chance to start. It was, it was. You know, you still have to go out and work and compete, and and um, you know, sometimes that's a little bit lost when when you just you know give up and and, and transfer. So anyway, it's definitely different and and um, and a little bit frustrating, I think, sometimes to watch what's going on.
3: Well, it certainly worked out well for you, Saul Graves, and we appreciate you being in Northeast Louisiana. A couple of medical questions. Uh, Pat's first runner, Isaiah Wynn, goes down with the dreaded torn Achilles. Besides a head or neck injury, is that one of the toughest injuries for a professional athlete to come back from?
7: Yeah, I definitely think it is. And, and really just because of the, the the length of time it takes to, to get back from an Achilles injury, um, you know, when, when you talk about ACL uh, tears or, or shoulder injuries, you know, in many cases, you know, at about the, the four- to five-month mark, I mean, you're, you're back um, on the field doing non-contact, contact activities, and, and you really feel like you're, you're close to being back where you need to be, whereas with an Achilles, uh, I mean, you're talking in some cases, um, you know, a year, nine months to a year before you kind of feel like you're back uh, to where you need to be. And, and of course, we see many people come back uh, from Achilles injuries and in, in play, but it is a, it is a very difficult um, injury to come back from and, 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 and probably one that even when, when you get back to play and you don't feel quite right, uh, for a period of time, uh, um, and, and sometimes just maybe the following season, or or, or maybe never uh, that you feel like that, that that you're back to normal.
3: We hear about Achilles tears in the NFL and the college ranks quite frequently, but in the high school, uh, I quite frankly don't hear it very often at all. Is it uncommon in the high school ranks?
7: Yeah, it's extremely rare. In fact, I, uh, you know, I the 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 youngest that I can remember, I, and I may be missing somebody, but I can't remember ever operating on an Achilles tendon tear in, in a high school athlete, um, but certainly in college, uh, you begin to see them, um, and, and, uh, and and that's a lot, and the reason for that in many cases is that um, it, it's a degenerative type um, condition that occurs to the Achilles. You develop what's called tendinosis, and so the fibers in the Achilles begin to, to change, and it's, a, it's an aging thing, so that's why you see a lot of times Achilles tendon, Injuries occurring in um, NFL players or NBA players who are are, are older and and later in their careers. We see it much more frequently. Um, And then also, you see it a lot in middle aged athletes. You know, I think they go out, guys or or girls who are playing um, tennis or or basketball, uh, things like that, and and they'll tear their Achilles. And then that that other subset of people are, are, you see it a lot in steroid use. So, anabolic steroids uh, definitely increase your risk of. of Achilles tendon injuries
4: as well. Saul, I've got a a medical question from the text line. But first, I wanted to tell you, I was working on OCS's uh, football preview this year, and I was looking up some old records, and, Saul, I could not stop seeing your name. I mean, you dominated the record. books. I know that's not a surprise to anybody, but uh, I I got a kick out of seeing your name so many times. But I've got a text here, Saul. It says, uh, how long does it typically take to get over a frozen shoulder?
7: Yeah, that that's a that's a good question and and that's a that's one of the most frustrating um um problems that we see and um you know and a frozen shoulder is something that it's it's not really a uh, an athletic injury although in some cases you can develop a frozen shoulder after surgery um but in most cases a frozen shoulder just occurs for no apparent reason that someone just wakes up with shoulder pain um and, and what it is 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 the capsule that surrounds the ball and socket joint becomes severely inflamed, and then it restricts your motion, and it hurts like in mean, one of the one of the most painful conditions that we see. So, so you've got a shoulder that, that that's killing you, and you can barely move it. Your range of motion is significantly decreased, and so in some cases it can take up to a year uh, for a frozen shoulder uh, to to get better. And there's some, there's some things that we can do to try to speed that process up. Um, Sometimes injections with steroid medicine can help decrease the inflammation. Uh, therapy can, can help it as well. Uh, but it's a very frustrating problem and something that a lot of people uh, deal with. Um, and and it's, it's frustrating for us as well because there's no real uh, magic magical cure that we can do. Surgery doesn't seem to really speed up the process very well. Um, and so, uh, so that, to answer your question, I, I, anywhere from three months uh, to a year uh, to get over frozen shoulder.
4: Lastly, saw Andrew Luck is playing again. I feel like this needs to come full circle. How excited are you <laughs> that we will no longer ask you Andrew Luck questions? Who's saying
3: I'm not going to ask him another question? <laughs> huh? We're still early on.
7: And I tell you, it was good to watch him play the other night. And, and, I, and I, he, uh, he, he appeared to be doing pretty well. He looked a little deliberate in, in, his, in, his, in his throws. It looked like maybe he didn't wasn't throwing quite as hard, but you could tell he was just relieved to be out there. Uh, playing again, and and um and I say it's it's uh um it's it's been a long process, uh, and I'm you know glad to see him back out there.
3: Uh, one other medical question: uh, Rustin's Kyle Williams, of course, one of our favorites. He's on the sidelines. Bill being Bill's being vague about his status, saying he's week to week with a knee injury, won't require surgery though. And you know it's a tough question for me to ask you, but not knowing the details or any additional information, what typically could be the extent of his knee injury then?
7: Yeah, you know, and I actually never saw the exact injury. I saw, I read the description of it, which was I think another player fell into his knee, and yeah. uh, and then of course he left the locker room in a and and you know that's always a scary sight. And um, I do know that they've ruled out it being an ACL, which is which is a good thing. And if I had to guess, I think it's probably the MCL injury is what he had, and that, that's typical of a lineman when when someone rolls into your into your leg into your knee. Um, the most common thing to injure is the MCL um, and so if, and that's one of those kind of things that you can come back and play from and it's real variable how much time uh, it will take and, and so I think that's probably why they're vague uh, as far as his timetable uh, for return uh, but the good news is it, it looks like there's no surges needed and that um, and that they that um, he's going to be able to get back and play you know MCLs can be you know really variable in how severe they are in fact I actually have seen a couple of reports from from, the University of Miami, uh, LSU's first opponent, where they've had two kids that have injured their MCL, um, and both of them had to require surgery. So uh, that's very rare to have an MCL injury that has to have surgery, but it's one that's severe when that happens.
3: All right, uh, Saul, did I understand right, uh, no uh, Friday Night Football Clinic this year for you guys, but obviously you're still there for athletes across northeast Louisiana.
7: Yeah, that's right. And so we we made the decision to to, to have it on uh, still have our Saturday morning uh, walk in clinic. And so that's that's going to be available. And then um, and of course we're all available on, on Mondays uh, as well for for uh, athletes. And we're you know we we obviously do our best to try to get them in as quickly as possible, and and you know try to get them back on the field as quick as they can as well.
3: But typically, isn't that what happens? Anyway, somebody wakes up Saturday morning, and says, hey, "I just don't still feel right. I need to go see the doc."
7: That's right, and, and, and that's kind of what led to the decision to not do the Friday clinic. The, the, um, the participation in that was not real great. What we found was that um, you know, we ended up not seeing a lot of guys on, on Friday night, but, but on Saturday seemed to be when, um, uh, when most of them needed to come in anyway, so we decided just to just um, um, focus our resources on, on Saturday and then also um, on Mondays as well.
3: For a weekend warrior like Jake over here, if he has issues, where can he find you and your colleagues?
7: Well, we've got three locations: uh, in um, uh, main office on Louisville and Monroe, and we've got our satellite clinics in West Monroe, uh, and also in, in uh, Ruston as well.
3: Saul, appreciate the time, bud. See you soon.
7: Okay, guys, thanks for having me on,
3: Doctor Saul Graves. Good stuff there.
4: Did I just jinx Andrew Luck? <laughs> I might have. I my apologies.
3: Oh, did something just come up on the feed? No, I oh, just okay. feel like
4: it's coming. Like I feel like the fact that I, I... I have this jinx, by the way. I don't know if I've ever told you about my jersey curse. That's why I don't get jerseys anymore. Uh-huh. Any jersey I get, something bad happens to that player. All right.
3: Tell us a little history.
4: Uh, Kobe Bryant, number eight. We know what happened there. Yeah. Uh, wasn't able to wear that one again. Uh, Vince Carter. Uh, who else did I have? Danielle. Jake DeLome. I like. I got Jake DeLome jersey right when he had that panthers run and then nobody ever heard from him again uh yeah so on and so forth
3: 888-993-7762 coming up next for high school football previews continue Jonesboro, hodges terrence blankenship joins us after the break
0: Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston is a proud game day sponsor. We know the effort it took to get here. We know what it takes to make a champion. It starts with desire. A lot of determination because you have the will to win. As a team, you make it happen. As a team, we make it happen. Play your best. Be your best. Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.com. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
2: Portico in Monroe is back. New owners Joey Trope, Roy Arthur, and Lindsay Levitt invite you to come experience it for yourself this football season. They'll have eight brand-new 65-inch TVs, great for college football on Saturday, and then NFL action on Sunday. They'll have a new full menu, including pizza, wings, and loaded nachos. Lunch specials every single day, Monday through Friday, plus brunch on Sunday. Come experience Portico for yourself at 2230 Tower Drive in
1: Monroe. Local sports talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.
3: Welcome back to the show. Before we get into our high school football previews, just following up on Jake and, of course, uh, having the curse or the jinx on players. Uh, AJ says for wearing their jerseys. AJ says that's why I wear throwbacks. Tony, with the best text of the, uh, so far today, reads,
4: it says, Jake, LeBron's jersey is in the mail. Also a set of Nick Saban cufflinks. <laughs> Another jersey I had, Aaron, was Justin Vincent. You know, he had that great freshman year. What did you do after that again? Yeah, he's spectacular. Curse the of the jersey. Yeah. I stopped wearing them. Yeah.
3: A lot of people are going to go out and buy a Jonesboro Hodge jersey this year because big things are expected out of them. Their head coach, Terrence Blankenship, joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud?
5: I'm doing good this morning. How about you?
3: Good. First time you've been a part of the the Bayou Jam press conference or the comedy show uh, yesterday. What'd you think of it?
5: (laughs) Anytime you deal with Coach know, I've dealt with him a long time. I know he loves to get a crack here and there, but it was good being around those old guys and getting the chance to be a part of that experience yesterday.
3: All right. Jonesboro Hodge, back in the Bayou Jam. It's been a number of years since you guys have been in it. What made it so attractive to be a part of it this season?
5: Well, when I talked to Miss Thurman and we sat out at the meeting with all the coaches and she lined out what her plans were and just all the different activities and uh, the teams that were involved, we just had to be a part of it. Also, with my former high school coach being inducted into the Hall of Fame, that just uh, sealed the cake right there. Uh,
3: sixth year now at Jonesboro as the head coach. Obviously, uh, your imprints and are all over this program. How are you feeling about the program going into this year?
5: Well, after the successful season that we had last year just run up to uh, the powerhouse Hainesville and being making it to the quarterfinals and being eliminated by a good West St. John team and with a good cool group of guys coming back and some fresh meat on the team with the enrollment numbers up with the players that are out participating You know, we feel good this season but we know I tell the kids all the time, there's a target on your back now, you're not flying under the radar no one's going to take you lightly on Friday, everybody's going to be looking to knock you down
3: a lot of people considered you guys a, su- a surprise last year. Did you think it was a surprise how well you guys did?
5: Well, I think uh, starting the year off, we had a quarterback returning, but we uh, we could have a little experiment. We moved one of our better athletes from wide receiver to quarterback, and he kind of struggled maybe the first three and a half games. But uh, once he got his feet under and he started to make plays for he became a leader. And once we got on into the deep water edition of the playoffs, we knew that we were a pretty good ball club.
3: Being a former player at Jonesboro Hodge and, of course, a part of some state championship squads, you know the importance of football to that community. Can you put it into words?
5: Well, anytime it's a little small community like that, you know, uh, the fans just, they're just attracted to any sport that's being successful and they're rallying around the kids. But anytime any program is winning in a small town, that just brings a lot of excitement to the time, brings the fan up. It has a lot of participation from fans and the business.
3: How many people, how many starters do you have returning offense, defense from a team that went all the way to the quarterfinals last year?
5: I returned six on offense and five on defense. I lost four alignment on offense and I lost two receivers. And then on defense, I lost my big man in the middle of the field from Boston. So we're going to truly miss him. He can't be replaced, but. We just hope some new guys will step in and fill his void. And also, I lost two linebackers and a cornerback. So, we got some stuff to replace, but we got quite a few guys last year that got some playing time. So, we're just going to take the old line a little while, while out of jail. But I think once we get that going, then we'll be okay down the road.
3: You mentioned your quarterback. Uh, what kind of playmaker is he? What kind of uh, options does he give you back there?
5: Uh, he gives us a lot of them. Like say, first of all, he's a good kid. He's a good leader. And – uh. You know, we've been working on this summer with the passing game because, of course, he's an athlete. He can make plays. You know, he's a basketball player. He's a state-high jumper. And uh, so, he's an athlete. But back there, we can do a lot of things. He can move with his feet. But we want him to be able to throw the ball a little better, kind of get it out of his hands sometimes, not take so many hits. he's a tough guy. And he's going to fight for every yard he got. But we just want him to know how valuable he is to us. Not only on the offensive side of the ball, he's also our extra point guy. And he's our starting cornerback also. So, he's very valuable.
4: I know you mentioned the personnel change that took place last year, but was there a specific moment that you saw everything kind of change for this team where you saw it all kind of click for your team?
5: Well, I think one of the things that brought some excitement to the kids and made them believe was we finally ended a 10-year drop against our rival, Winfield, and it was a home game. So a lot of kids, I think they started to believe then that we had a chance once we beat the big juggernaut that Winfield that we hadn't done for 10 years and everybody just started to kind of make plays and rally around. And we were able to score some points last year. So I think that gave the kids some confidence. Every day, they knew they were going to score. We just had to play good enough
3: defense to win. it. Terrence Blankenship, the head coach of Johnsboro Hodge, joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Coach, I know you had a scrimmage down in, uh, what, Pickering last week. And then, of course, uh, Friday night you'll be squaring off against St. Fred. What needs to continue to improve from your scrimmage to the Jan Jamboree on Friday?
5: But well, the first thing is, you know, I had some guys shitting out uh, on Friday against Pickering. So we'll get those guys back with the exception of one. So we got to kind of mix them in a little bit. Also, we got to get a little better continuity up front with the O line. And the third thing is, we had some turnovers. But so Richard Turnover is our running back, and our quarterback kind of put it on the ground. So we got to cut that out just to have a success. We know St. Fred is going to be well coached by Coach Robinson, and him go back in his days and rust. But uh, we know that he's looking, his first uh, year there, he's looking to bring some excitement and some success to the program. So we're just looking to come out and just put on a good showing for the crowd at ULM State. Great environment for kids, and usually not going to get a chance to play in a college setting. So that's a lot of excitement. But we want to go out there and put on a good show and just get better each week leading up to the week one matchup with Logan Sports.
3: I know Jonesboro Hodge fans are excited to be back in this jamboree and also honoring one of their former coaches in Joey Pender. You played under Coach Pender. What was he like?
5: <laughs> well when I, when I first got to high school he was up there. He's my freshman coach.
7: Uh
5: he wasn't he was as a joker he is now. By the time we got to be a senior, he became my head coach and uh I think he was young, he may be like twenty seven then, so he was kind of a young coach, but as time went on. You know, he and I have always kept in contact, but he's always had some good cracks for you. He's always been tough and been hard on you, but at the end, he's always loved you. He makes you feel appreciated.
3: Back in the day, could anybody out bench press Joey Pender on your team?
5: <laughs> no way. No way. I mean, if we had him. We had another coach, and we'd be in the way when those two coaches would be in there. They'd be lifting them. They had more weight on that than all of us to put on that combined. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey, we look forward to uh, keeping track of Jonesboro Hodge this year. should be a fun year. And of course, we get our first look at you guys Friday night at 6 o'clock out at Malone Stadium. Appreciate the time, bud.
5: All right, thank you. Terrence
3: Blankenship, head coach at Jonesboro Hodge.
4: Yeah, uh, and he had some funny Joey Pender stories yesterday. We had a lot of good Joey Pender stories.
3: I got one queued up.
4: Oh, nice. Yeah,
3: so, of course, Tharp in his comedy. You know, oh, of course. He tried to dominate the show, and you know, he certainly held his own. So uh, he was wrapping up his thing, and then he takes a wise crack at me, and I come back and say, Hey, how about a Joey Pender story? And Tharp, of course, hit it out of the ballpark.
8: You wear that shirt, you got to ask a question, man. Thank y'all. No me and Coach Pender played each other. I got one story for Coach Pender. Is the head official still in here? Coach, is he still in here? I hope he's not. Last, time- <laughs> Last time, I think Coach Pender and I played each other. Uh, Gosh, it might have been my second year at Mangum. He was at Jonesboro Hodge at the time, and, and boy, it would come rain. It was raining, 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 raining. And uh, he comes out of the locker room, and I come out of the locker room. This happened, to our locker rooms are side by side. We're at our place. And he didn't have much to say, and I didn't have much to say. And if you hadn't figured that out, that's kind of unusual for both of us. And we're kind of big-eyed looking at each other, and, and the, the game goes on, and we finish the game. They beat us, I believe, 8-6 to six that night. beat us right at the end of the ballgame, and uh, we should have won a bad call um they made us eight six and years later i see joey maybe i don't know three or four years ago i see him down to baton rouge at a, at a coaching convention thing at the lhsa convention he said hey man you remember that time we played at your place was in all the rain and everything and i said yeah yeah he goes you know that night uh i was nervous as a cat that you was going to tell the officials to measure our cleats i said measure your cleats he goes well we had did in three quarter inch cleats that's a little long by rule And I'm sitting here thinking, we had him those three-quarter-inch cleats, too. And that's why I was so nervous, too. But but I didn't tell him that. I said, Joe, you're cheating. That's a long time ago. That may or may not have actually happened.
4: So good. So good.
8: Uh, Back in the day, of course, when Oak
3: Grove and Jonesboro Hodge were a part of in uh, West Washita, of course, uh, the Bayou Jam, when Dalrymple and Pender were up there together and they would feed off each other. And it was unfortunate Vic Dalrymple will also be honored uh, this week in the Bayou Jam. He wasn't able to make it to the press conference. He will be at the Jamboree, but it'd be great to do those two side by side and just have them play off each other for an interview because it is pure gold.
4: Well, I think it was uh, wasn't it Mickey that said that if you want to char, if you want to draw a crowd charge yeah. for a sideshow with just those two. After the game. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's very cool, man. I, I really thought thought it was well done. I'll say this. A um, little bit long of a press conference, but I thought it was one of the more entertaining that they've had. I thought it was the best
3: one I've been to. Well, uh, 30 minutes. It takes 30 minutes to go through all the sponsors and, of course, have all <laughs> so of many. them up there and uh, say thank you. So, But it's well done with the coaches. And just to get them all under one roof and kind of hear them and see their interaction between each other. Pretty good stuff. I'm making an effort to get Joey Pender on the show, of course, this week, and Vic Dowerable. Good stuff. 7 o'clock hour in the books. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. It's the Darren Moody State Farm hotline slash text line. 8 o'clock hour. Coming up next, we'll talk a little college.
2: Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com